Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show. And on this episode, we are actually back to a horror franchise. Again, much like a few of the other ones we've done this month. We've done, a f- we've done a quite a few number twos this month. Um, a franchise. That was atrocious, Tim. <laughs> atrocious. So, one of the movies we did last month was the original Phantasm. And because we did the original, we have to do the sequels. So, we're going to sort of, again, do one a month, give or take. Mm-hmm. Until we've done all of them. And I've not even seen the fifth one before, so the fifth one will be new to me when we get there. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be number two. This is going to be Phantasm 2, which came out in 1988, nine years after the original. And it is a little bit different in the sense that it, this was actually somewhat funded by Universal. So it's actually the biggest budget, I believe, of the, all, the, all, the, all the movies in the series. That makes sense. Uh, and I believe that's partly why we've got a different actor playing Mike, because Universal wanted a... Uh, a more mainstream, honky-looking person who I've never heard of, of course. He never went anywhere, did anything important with his career. At least, as far as I know. know I'm going to click on him. Let's find out. Let's find out if he ever amounted to anything after Phantasm 2. Oh, he's been in movie or in stuff recently. Can't say say that. He was in a few episodes of Person of Interest. He was in... There you go. He's in movies recently. He's in an episode of Fear of the Walking Dead, so he's had a career. He sounds like a fine young man. Never been a star, but he's, he's had a career. He's still working to this day, regularly, so you know what? Fair play to him. Fair play. Mm-hmm. Fair play indeed. So, yeah, anyway, so, <laughs> Phantasm 2. <laughs> uh, so we'll start spoiler-free, and we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers somewhere in the middle, as we usually do. So, yeah, so what is Phantasm 2? Phantasm 2 takes place, uh, well, I mean, there's a little scene at the start explaining the ending of Phantasm 1 that kind of immediately follows on to it to, to, to explain it. But the bulk of the movie is years later where, you're, where you know, we're older. Mike's who was, you know, what, 13, 14 in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He's now supposedly 19. He says that at one point. He looks 25, but okay, <laughs> 19, we'll go with that. And he is determined, he gets out of the psychiatric hospital and he's determined to hunt down the tall man and kill him for mm-hmm. what he did to his brother and everything else. Reggie doesn't believe him, but then Reggie's family's murdered. Again, this is not a spoiler, this is the <laughs> opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he agrees, so they go on a hunt, they go on a road trip trying to hunt down the tall man. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. there's another character named Liz who has some seemingly psychic connection with Mike. They seem to be aware of each other, even though they've never met. And she's worried that the tall man's going to be coming for her. And she's kind of the one who has more of the uh, the direct plot with the tall man. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the characters eventually intersect and things go down. Things happen. That's a really weird way of describing a movie. Things happen. But that's mm-hmm. kind of kind of all I want to say without spoilers. So, you know, road trip, try to hunt down the tall man, psychic connection with this girl named Liz, and shenanigans ensue. Mm-hmm. So we've seen this before, of course, but I'm going to ask Tim the question. Tim, do you mm-hmm. like Phantasm 2? Oh, Baby, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, I'd proudly call myself a fan uh, with a PH, as uh, you know, Phantasm fans uh, sometimes refer to themselves. Uh, if you remember on the 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 episode for the first movie, I think I, I might have given a, a a perfect ten. I don't, I don't remember, but I think you sounds did. like. I feel Sounds like, like something did. I would do. <laughs> <laughs> it um, like something you would do. 
<laughs> I I like this movie a lot. I think it's a good sequel. Um, it's uh, I think it's a little different than the first one. There's parts of like I I feel like it's it gets a, a little bit away from the stuff that I really really liked about the first one, which is um. I feel like it's a little less, uh, you know, weird and surreal and dreamlike and like a little more actiony, which, you know, isn't necessarily like a bad thing. Like it works in the movie, um, but it does lose some of the qualities that makes the first one like one of my all time favorite horror movies. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what it is it's a little bit watered down in the sense it doesn't have the same creepy atmosphere partly because it doesn't have the uh the more dreamy elements even though it does use some of them to an extent uh further down the line but basically i enjoy it as well i I quite like it i remember liking it a lot from the first time i saw it i will say i do have a few more criticisms watching it again now i have it's not a perfect movie there are definitely things we can point to and critique and things that we can kind of pick apart a little bit. But I do quite like it a lot. I, I think I said in the uh, the first movie review that I this was kind of like Phantasms to Phantasm. Like, you know, kind of like how Aliens was the action movie sure, after Alien. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of the action Phantasm movie after the first one. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as successful, whereas, whereas I think Aliens, the, a lot of people will basically... Some people argue which one's better or not. Personally, though, I'm just kind of a opinion that both Alien and Aliens are both 10s, and it's just preference, whatever one you happen to like a little bit more, but they're both kind of masterpieces of what they are. Mm-hmm. Phantasm and Phantasm 2, it's not quite the same thing. Phantasm 1 is the better movie. Phantasm 2 is a solid movie that has the same kind of thing, though, where it's an action movie. It's the action kind of, you know, yeah. we're going to build a quadruple-barreled shotgun and fire it at the, <laughs> uh, at the, you know, the little druids like, and things like that. Yeah. You know, we're going to do that kind of thing. So, so there's that. Uh, to critique it though, to, to sort of, and this is mostly spoiler free stuff, my critiques, mm. it has a really weird pace and it has a really weird structure. I think the first half of the movie is kind of muddy in terms of its drive. Like, mm. once the characters kind of get together and it kind of like sort of sets up the end game, it's like really clear what it's doing. It's a lot of fun. It's just doing what it is. The first half though, where it's kind of them in the road trip and it's kind of bouncing around all these different things, it's a little bit. I don't know, scattershot. It feels like it's not focused, I guess. Yeah, it meanders uh, a little bit. Yeah, just just a touch. Uh, and th- th- I feel like just a couple of rewrites would have helped this, though. Like, it just had to reorganise it a little bit and just sort of nail down the, the, the sequence of events. As it is, I actually find it very hard to remember the sequence of, of like events in the first half of the movie. They all kind of just kind of <laughs> blur together into this big mesh of stuff that happens. Yeah, I think... Um you have kind of the opening scene which um you know it almost reminds me of like evil dead 2 or something a little bit in that it kind of seems like it rewrites you know the first movie and you know well except <laughs> the fact that the first movie actually already did that itself at the end of the first movie True. yeah so that just kind of falls on from what the first movie already rewrote but however but yeah like the, so they kind of have like you know this big opening scene to kind of get the characters you know like oh, okay this is where they they've been and stuff um and then yeah it feels like there's a gap between you know kind of setting the characters up and you know to that point where they kind of have their clear mission and everyone is meets up and is together and knows what they're doing and yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, a- I'd say when it starts to find its footing properly is when they find alchemy 
and then yeah. they go to like her like town and then go to her, like the derelict B&B that her uncle used to own. That's kind of where it starts to kind of find its footing where I have like a base of what the movie is and what, it, what it's doing. Before that, though, it's jumping around so much from them, like just checking out random places that the, the tall man might have been and just what creepy stuff went on there to like following Lizzie's plot with her like her grandparents and what's going on mm-hmm. with that. Like it, it's kind of bouncing around and then the priest who's kind of working with the tall man. Oh, but- yeah. <laughs> doesn't like him and knows that he's evil and so you've got all these things that's jumping around and it's a little bit muddy in the first half it's definitely not as tight a movie as the first one is it's still a lot of fun though i, I still think the second half is like so worth it because it's so yeah, much fun I, when it gets going yeah uh like once they're really in it there's uh i think there's a lot of you know fun gore and kills and then that's kind of when you start getting like the weird trippy stuff that you know really like stood out and that i liked yeah. about the first movie some uh, goofy elements and some stuff like that yeah. and uh just just all that stuff i mean obviously i i enjoy the scene early on where they go to the the hardware store and basically stock up in weapons <laughs> like yeah. sure that's fun that's when they, they build the, the you know the quadruple bow shotgun yeah but, which uh, uh i feel like you know that's kind of you know the big thing everyone uh remembers from this series but uh i forget they they get a lot of mileage out of that like kind of homemade flamethrower they too. do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't want to discount that. It's a pretty cool weapon yeah, as well. Yeah, two things are built in that scene, yeah. I do want to point out, though, that at the end, towards the end of the movie, Reggie f- throws the quadruple barrel shotgun away. <sighs> Reggie. <laughs> he, throws it, he throws it away, and yet he has it in all the, the movies afterwards. I've not seen five, but I'm pretty sure I saw him in the poster with that quadruple barrel shotgun. He's still got the bloody yeah. thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's there. <laughs> so, you know, uh, just playing, playing a bit with its continuity. But then again, well, the the first I mean, movie already did that within itself, so why not? I mean, I, I think it's funny that you're latching onto that when I think there's a much bigger like thing at the end that uh, obviously gets you know rewritten in later to, movies. To be fair... <laughs> Spoiler free section, Tim. I, I'm, I, I know, I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Just, just, that's, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So, yeah, obviously, Tall Man's still great. Angus Scrim. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He, he's creepy. Uh, in there, fact, oh, he has one line in here that I was like, God damn, this has to be like maybe like top 10. I, wa- I wonder lines. if it's the same line that I'm thinking of because most people think of. Boy, when you, right. you think of Tall Man, <laughs> but the, the line I actually think of is from this movie. It's actually when it's when Liz is uh, snooping about the, the 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 mausoleum, and she's up at one of the coffins uh, with her grandfather, and her, his hand comes on her shoulder, and he just goes, "The graveside service is about to begin." <laughs> that's the first thing I think of when I think of the Tall Man. Is that line? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really good. the The line I was thinking of. Uh, which I, I mean, again, maybe it's not as like, um, you know, as suitable for like you know, like a quick catchphrase or whatever. Could you pass but... the coffee, please? Was it that? <laughs> uh, when he says, uh, I, I, I think it's the priest he's talking to, but I have a horrible memory. But he, the tall man, says, you know, you think when you die, you go to heaven. You come to us. As <laughs> uh, like, is it a bad line? Yeah. That's like that's a fucking great line. <laughs> you come to us. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I can't sell it with uh, with the gravitas of the tall man. But oh, of course that's, not. No, that's a really, really good. Uh, no, obviously the balls are back. Uh, there's even a new ball. Yeah. There's, there's a gold ball in, in addition to the silver balls. So some solid the, ball action. If you if you're here yeah. for, for that. Yeah, and, and like a good sequel does, you know, you, you got them uh, and 
they got like the classic mode, but they got like a, a you know some new tricks up their sleeves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is fun. Yeah, no, some some fun stuff to be had there. Uh, so I think we'll give the spoiler warning, and we can talk a bit more freely about plot and and whatnot. So. That's good. I, well, actually, actually, that's the first time we talk about it. it's not spoiler, but <laughs> we're in spoiler mode now anyway, just because, so we so we don't have to do it again. But spoilers. Uh, so, no, I want to talk about the music, because obviously we love the score and the theme from the first movie. So good. I love that this movie takes that theme and does lots of new versions of it. Like, it does one that's more orchestral, it does one that's a, still creepy, but has a different sound to it. it, does one that's a bit more emotional sounding, like, it really plays with the main theme and everything you do with it. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, I think it's good in this movie. Um, I it doesn't sound as good as the the first one no, in that's my fair. opinion. That's not that's fair. Um, but I, I think maybe um, maybe it works better in the first one because the first one is a lot more dreamlike and eerie. Uh, so the music kind of suits it a little better. And this, the music here doesn't sound like as dreamy, but I guess. It works better for the story, which isn't you know, oh, it conveying does, yeah. that it's, as much. It's a bit more action theme kind of thing. It's a bit more heroic sounding almost yeah. at times, which is you know an interesting. I think that's why I like it so much. I love when they take a main theme but give it a different emotion. Like okay, yeah. so in this scene oh, yeah. it's like a really sad theme, but in this scene it's a really rousing, like successful theme. I, I like when mm-hmm. they do that. Like it, it works that's really cool, yeah. well. I, I like the, the one example I can think of uh, just recently like on the flash tv show his like theme like there's a sad version that plays when he's really upset but there's a really heroic version that plays when he's but it's the same two notes it's just dressed up differently depending or you know the sad version's on a piano whereas the the, the non-sad version's on a big brassy you know trombone or something like that so okay that's yeah, cool that kind of idea uh, mm. so I, I like that but anyway so so the opening scene which kind of continues on from the first movie the first thing I know, because it actually shows you footage, because it's, it's actually the Liz like who's psychically like talking about how the first movie ended, because she like kind of knows about it, just you know, because psychic. <laughs> she, she's like, you, you see the scenes from the end of the first one where Reggie's talking to Mike and he's explaining how your brother died in a car crash, and you see Mike go upstairs and he gets grabbed, and uh, there's a couple of new little bits that are inserted of the tall man getting out of his hearse to come up and get him, mm-hmm. and. Well, then we get new footage. We, you know, when Mike streams, we see Reggie like put his guitar down and run up the stairs, and I immediately noticed how different the room looked because obviously it's like almost a decade later. So they've obviously had to either, you know, the house has been decorated or it's a different house or it's a different set and they've rebuilt it. Uh, mm. The stairs as well. I could be wrong, but I swear in the first movie the stairs were not curvy, like they were a straight set of stairs. Mm. Whereas in this, this. And the sequel at the start when he runs up the stairs, you know the the spiral stairs almost yeah. they have a they have a turn in them. I yeah, could, I'd have to watch them back yeah. to back. And I'm not sure. And the only <laughs> reason why I think I remember that is because it's the scene from the first one when they've got the, like the, the bat light thing in the jacket and he's running down the right, stairs yeah. with it. That's why I think mm-hmm. I, I remember that the stairs were okay. different. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a huge deal. I'm just pointing out the continuity error because I noticed that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so obviously, Mike, the actor who plays Mike, is now like twenty or mm-hmm. more than that, even like twenty two or twenty three, and he's not in this movie. You're outside of the archive footage, but what's really funny is in the rest of this new footage, like he's been dragged along the floor by like these druids and stuff, but you never see his face. It's always they've got like a body double, yeah. <laughs> and you can never see his face because obviously it's been years, and the, the kid's not that you know age anymore. They don't. Yeah, they they don't want you to like a. Uh, Probably trying to like separate the original actor from this new guy, yeah, as much as possible. 
And then, Re- so so Reggie ends up fighting off the druids, uh, turning off on the gas so the house explodes, and jumping out the window upstairs with Mike <laughs> to save his life. Uh, which does lead to a cool moment of like the tall man like turning around at the hearse and looking back at the explosion. It's a really iconic looking shot. Yeah, but it's you know that's just kind of like, okay. So that's what happened, and then you fi- then we cut later. We find out Reggie's like suppressed all this. Oh, oh man, that was all a dream, man. Like <laughs> you know, you just you got a few screwsless and stuff. Like he's just sort of doubting yeah. all until, of course, his house explodes with his entire family inside, and he's like, <laughs> okay, I believe the tall man exists. Let's go hunt the bastard. Yeah. So, uh, and you're skipping over. Uh, yeah, the fact that we find out that Mike is in a, a psych ward oh, I now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, it kind of sucks. Like, this is the go-to for, like, I feel like every horror sequel, like, you always find out the guy or, the, you know, the girl from the first movie has ended up in, like, a psych ward. Which, uh, I mean, it, it makes sense <laughs> if you go through all that stuff. But uh, it's always a bummer. I just wanted to live happily yeah. ever after. But course, he basically lies to yeah, yeah. get out. And... The big thing, though, is that he does have the psychic connection to Liz, and they're talking to each yeah. other almost. They can sense each other. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're telling each other about what they have to do and to fight the tall man. So he, like throughout the movie, he's telling uh, Reggie, he's like, hey, we need to find Liz. Liz is important, and she's going to help us fight the tall man. And Reggie's like, ah, she's just a wet dream, man. Come on now. <laughs> but like, that, that's kind of the thing. So they go stock up, they break out of the hardware store, get all their weapons... Uh, you know, Reggie's all for the rifle, and he's like, "No, it has to work at short range." And he's like, "Okay, so you know, quadruple barrel shotgun." I, I like the moment before he does it, though. Before we get the little montage of him, like you know, cutting the the guns and putting them together, I I, I like the little moment where he decides he, he holds up a shotgun, and then he, another one comes up into frame, and he's looking at both of them, going, <laughs> "Wait, just a minute." <laughs> you know, it's a, something I never really noticed it, that as a um, specific thing that I like in horror movies, but as we're kind of watching these, uh, I'm noticing it more and more in the movies that I really, really like, but I love this, a very, like a very, um, like, like do it yourself, uh, approach to like traps and weaponry. Like, hmm. uh, you know, we kind of talked about it in a uh, nightmare on Elm street, like towards the end when she starts making all those traps in the house. And I think it's, you know, you know and you're next of course, as well as another big one. Yeah. I, I think it's an extension of liking your characters to be proactive. I think that's what makes this yeah. movie so exciting. I mean, to be fair, the first movie, they're fairly proactive anyway, but it's like, no, no, we're going to hunt this bastard. Like, no, the first movie was him. Like had the, like had, you know, was ahead of the game on us. We're going to come after him this time. We're going to be the the, the hunters, and yeah, I think that's it a really interesting like idea. And, yeah, it makes you root for them. It makes them feel like they're the one driving the plot, and that's that's a big thing. I think. I think you can have your characters be reactive to a point, and in horror movies, they often are reactive because it's all about you know the scary man jumps out, and you just kind of react to it. But that moment when the character says, "No, I'm going to turn around and fight," that's yeah. the moment where you're like, "Yeah, let's do it- this." Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the differences between playing like a survival horror game where you're very cautious and you're afraid, you know, something's going to jump out at you or, or whatever, uh, versus playing like, you know, an action game where you're just like, yeah, like I'm going to stock up on weapons and just like start tearing people new assholes. Uh, it's like two different modes, but both equally fun. I mean, I do that in survival horror games. I always stockpile and go into boss fights like, over uh, I'm, o- oversupplied i'm i'm a very very cautious player like i'm playing resident evil 7 right now and i i'm like so because because i get like afraid of uh 
you know, not having enough ammo or, mm-hmm. or health stuff or, or running out and, and being screwed. So I play very cautiously and slowly. It's, uh, but, uh, it's, it's very spooky. <laughs> but you, but you're still, you're still fighting through it. That makes you proactive anyway. And that's what makes you endearing to, well, the, the audience <laughs> or me. Yeah. <laughs> me. So, no. Uh, so yeah, so they check out some of the places that the tall man might have been, see some creepy shit, including, they see like a, a fake version of Liz where this like almost Freddy Krueger oh, yeah. thing that like, comes out of her back and is like, I can sense you, boy, and like, <laughs> kind of thing. I love that it had like a weird, I, I don't know, I guess kind of like a, a high pitched voice, but you could tell it was still like, a, you know, still sound like a, the tall man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first half of the movie basically sums up. So they're looking around, they find a couple of weird things. The priest is trying to like look into what's going on and stop the tall man. And Lizzie's grandfather dies, but his grandfather, of course, has been taken by the tall man and the druids, and she's investigating that. The priest gets killed by one of the balls. He he gets the ball to the to the head. Well, I guess his ear cut off first. The ear goes first. I don't know why the ball so, cuts off his ear first. There's like no reason for <laughs> it. But whatever, it's a fun little moment, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah. So it has kind of a... I'm pretty sure we didn't see this in the first movie. I think the first movie, it only really had like the straight blades. But now uh, it has this kind of like almost like a pizza cutter like chainsaw kind of yeah. function to it. Yeah, which is it, really cool. it uses that first to cut off his ear and then <laughs> it does the, the classic thing with the spikes and the, the, the drill, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I continue. I'm just going to let the cat who's crying. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, that was pretty good. And the, uh, I guess, you know, similar to the first movie, the special effects and the gore in this are pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's the 80s, so there's still like a little bit of cheesiness to it, but... You know, just seeing it slice his ear off and then seeing this kind of, like, hunk of meat flying through the air, <laughs> it looked pretty cool. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, did you catch the little uh, Sam Raimi Easter egg at one point? Ooh, uh, I don't I don't think so. Well, you'd know for sure because it literally said Sam Raimi on something. Oh, like on a, like, tombstone or something? No, it wasn't like a tombstone. A... It was, a, you know how there's, like, the creepy guy who's, like, He's in the crematorium and he's burning all the bodies. Mm-hmm. At one point, you mm-hmm. see him like shoveling the ashes into like bags with addresses on them, and one of them says "Deliver to Sam Raimi." Oh, that's awesome! I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, I cracked up. I, I don't think I noticed <laughs> that before. And I was I was giggling to myself as I was watching it. Uh, oh, cool. But yeah, so so she she runs into the guys. The and they, they by this point they've ran to this hitchhiker girl. Uh, Alchemy. Alchemy. Uh, Kimmy for short. Kimmy, yeah, which is a very creative way of shortening alchemy. I have to say, uh, which is a cool name for a, a chick actually. Alchemy. That's that's a quite really good name. Yeah. Oh yeah. It also reminds me of uh, one of the Castlevania games for PS2 had a big alchemy element to the gameplay, mm. and there's a like this one character that you buy stuff from, um, or like would forge weapons with. Uh, you know, kind of like the you know, dude from uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh, but... What are you buying? <laughs> I'll buy it at a high price. <laughs> Thank you. What are you selling? <laughs> yeah, basically that guy, only like with alchemy, and he would like use alchemy every other word. That, that's pretty much the only thing uh, I remember from that game. I'm but... sorry, Tim, but you can't bring up the merchant from Resident Evil 4 and not get my impression. <laughs> that's just not how. Oh, no, I was hoping for it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> not enough cash, stranger. Um, so, yeah, so, so they've picked up alchemy, who, of course, Mike has the little like, premonition moment where like, he sees her being dead. 
and he's a little bit worried about it, which does pay off. It pays off at the very end of the movie <laughs> that the entire time she's actually been the tall man. Uh, you know, kind of like in the first movie, he would, you know, pretend to... Because I was actually... Uh, not this time, but the first time I watched it, I remember thinking about Two Thirds. It's like, it's kind of weird they've not done anything with a tall man appearing as someone else this movie, because he did that a lot in the first one. And yeah. then it turns out at the very end that it's, it's been her the whole time, uh, which is a really nice touch. But they meet up with her, they go, they go to her bed and breakfast in this derelict town. And you get the idea it's derelict because Tall Man keeps like stealing everyone and making them slaves for his uh, other planet or other dimension. And so so the guys run into, into Liz, they go back to the base, they have their sweet moments together. I like how when Mike and Liz first meet, they immediately just kiss. Like They know right. each other so well from this psychic connection, which, you know, like is a is a new thing for the second movie for the most part, but whatever, it works. It's well, fine. It's, yeah, it's Mike's turn to to get some, I guess you <laughs> I would guess. say. Well, Reggie, as soon as they meet Alchemy, is like, Hey, we've been out on the road a long time, man, I need like, you know, <laughs> I guess lonely. I I have needs and of course he's immediately like every every chance he he's getting, he's like, he's making faces at her and he's like, Hey, hey, you know, do do this, do that and she's all too willing once to get alone to to basically and it's actually a really funny scene like the the almost sex scene where she's just like obsessed with these the bald part of his head and she's just sort of oh, like yeah. kissing it and stroking it and be like oh bald head i love it oh. <laughs> and he and so he's enjoying it at first but then he's just kind of like this is weird what's going on like he's got that yeah. look in his face uh, she's a uh, pretty rough <laughs> yeah if i'm going to make another complaint about the plot i do think it's a little bit weird that the tall man just randomly appears outside uh the window and grabs Liz and kidnaps her. Like that's literally how we end up going into the final part of yeah. the movie. Now, admittedly, it does make a little bit of sense when you find out that Alchemy was him because it sets up that he's already around. But it, it just it feels really random at the time. Where it's just like, oh, just suddenly tall man. I feel like that's his mo though. <laughs> it's it, just it like grabbing is. people yeah. through windows. <laughs> like I say, it's just in terms of the plot, there's not a whole lot of like motivation for the next part. To, it doesn't keep like building upon itself. It just things. Some things just kind of happen. But uh, yeah, so, so yeah, if it, well, I'm sorry, it's, but just uh, if I was gonna have maybe maybe like a small complaint is that um, I, I don't know. It kind of feels like the tall man's just doing the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess like the story isn't that much about you know him up to something new, but more about them getting revenge on him um but yeah it just kind of feels like very like similar to the first movie it's like oh i mean he's still just you know basically stealing bodies and shrinking them down i mean i think that's kind of the point it's just that's like i I guess the complaint wouldn't be that he's not necessarily doing anything different it's just that maybe this time when we get to him his plans follow along so we'd see something different about it like yeah. We'd see maybe what he's doing on his planet. Because when we see his planet again, or his, his dimension, it just looks the same as it did the first time we saw it in the first movie. There's no like progression to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks that, cool. Like, it's a really nice moment again. But Yeah, yeah, it's really cool looking. But, I mean, all right, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I missed something. But it felt like it was leading up to something with, you know, him and Liz and having this kind of, like, psychic connection or power. It seemed like the tall man wanted that for some reason. But I don't mm-hmm. think it, they really explored that. They didn't. I, I mean, I guess the only thing you can really deduct from the movie is that he, he feared them as being powerful, so he wanted to take them okay. off the board, and maybe that's what it is. Right. But I mean, it could, I mean, 
maybe it should have been more than that, but like, that's all you can really glean from it. Yeah, it it just feels like there is something uh like I I think at one point Liz says like you know like oh like he wants me or, or something like and I kind of felt like they had something special about them that he was going to use for something and then doesn't really go into yeah. it. But Small yeah, so, complaint though because you know everything else is really enjoyable to watch so it's um, it's a minor. Quibble. So they tell Alchemy to go away, not, not in a bad way, just because oh, this, is, this is dangerous, so you get as far away as possible, we're going to go and try and rescue Liz and fight the tall man. So it basically leads to this giant kind of like extended sequence of various action things going down. Like we say, they get into the white room with the, the, the tuning fork gate, and we have all that, and you know, flying inside it and trying to get out. Obviously we have all the ball stuff, we have the silver ball, which actually, the, 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 the crematorium guy, the Crematorium? Like the. Uh, what do you call someone who cremates people specifically? Is that just the the? Uh, I I mean I would I think maybe like funeral director or something. I don't know if there's a specific name just for doing crematory yeah. stuff. It's just, it seemed like that's all he was doing all movie was that. So that's why yeah. I kind of specifically wanted to name him after that. But whatever, that guy he uh like. The ball's coming after like, our, our characters and they like dodge out the way and it gets this guy in the hand <laughs> and then he pulls it out, they actually take it off the hand and he throws it to the... T- that's how he ends up beating the tall man actually is he throws the ball at his face and then they they, they, they pump him with the yellow juice that they put into the, the people that make them druids right. and he just kind of like, you know, inflates. But the uh, the guy who gets his hand cut off, like he actually gets the, the gold ball. The gold ball which has like the side <laughs> of it like becomes like a, a spinning blade. And like burrows mm. into your face. It's fun enough. It's fun at first, but what I really like is how it ends because you see his face and it's like coming back out the front of his face, and there's just these yeah. little you know blade edges like sticking out of his cheeks. That was pretty really cool. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good effect. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Reggie fighting the druids and like. He, he, oh, oh, the best part, of course, is he's got this little chainsaw that he's really proud of, and then this, oh, yeah. and then this bad guy with the gas mask just pulls out this giant ass chainsaw. It's like twice the size of his, uh, and they have a duel, and then he uses his shotgun to like blow away the druids, and there's some fun stuff there. So that all this action stuff, this is what makes the movie really work. Is all the action yeah. in the last like twenty thirty minutes is solid good fun. It's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the movie's a blast in that sense. It's just it's just a bit messy from a, a pacing and structure point of view. Yeah. Yeah, the like what it lacks, I guess, in you know story and creepiness, which was, you know, some of the stuff that I really liked about the first one, it makes up for in, you know, this kind of off the wall action stuff, yeah. which is just a lot of fun, like and you said. You like Reggie, you like Mike to a point. Oh, yeah. Liz Liz is pretty likable, you like her too. Uh, she's a good addition, which is a shame that I think from memory I don't think she's around that much past this movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. That's a, that's a real shame. They, just, they should have kept her around as a permanent addition, but hey-ho. So, so they actually defeat the tall man. This is kind of the thing that it's kind of a shame that they, they kind of went keep kept going after this because it's kind of a decent ending for the series. Yeah. Like, they, they, they defeat the tall man, he's done. And obviously the final moment does the same thing as the first movie where it's like a sort of, oh, got ya at the last <laughs> minute. But barring that, they, they kind of defeat the tall man and it's all fine. They, they beat him with his own stuff. You think they've won, and then they, they grab the hearse, and it's actually Alchemy who shows up and is like, "Hey, get in!" And so Reggie goes in the front with her, and this is where we find out that she, she's really the tall man because he pulls off her hair, and she's like all like decomposing <laughs> underneath, and like, "Oh yeah. crap!" And then it looks like Reggie's died, 
I mean, we know he's not if you've seen the, the next movies, but Reggie's like against the window outside and like, because the, the other character's in the back and he's like, just, you know, he's against the window and he's like spewing blood down the, the back window yeah. and then just, he falls on the ground and he's just lying there. We know he's not dead, but that's how it looks at the end of the movie. And, you know, you, it's, it's Mike just sort of leans into Liz and says, hey, it's okay, it's just a dream. We're going to wake up. We're going to wake up. And then the, the, the sliding door opens from the front and the tall man turns around and says, eh, what was he saying? This is, this is real? Or no, it's not. Uh, I think it's no, it's not. But whatever he s- says. Something, yeah. yeah. It's basically, no, this is real. Uh, <laughs> which is hard to believe from this, this series because it, it plays with what is and isn't real all the time. So it's hard to even believe it at face value. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. And then the, the great theme music kicks in to take us out in the credits. So uh, no, that's Phantasm 2. So like I say, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. The, the, the back mm-hmm. half of it is great. The characters are really good. It's just a little bit murky in its script and its pacing. And the story, like, maybe could do more. But the, the gory moments are great. The, like, there's so much about it I love. So it's hard mm-hmm. to, like, complain too much. But there's definitely faults with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, like, a... It, it's a pretty decent sequel. Um, no, actually, I, I, you know, I'd do better than that. I'd say it's a you know, pretty good sequel. Um it's uh, it's really hard to compare to the first one because I think the first one is so good and so like unique and everything and uh, you know and this is still you know it's not like this is like a cookie cutter movie or anything but um, yeah it, it definitely uh, I think falls short a little bit from the first one but makes up for it in some really cool fun actiony stuff yeah um. I, I mean, I think for for all its faults, like I always have a blast watching it. Uh, it's just yeah. a bit murky in the first half, and uh, you kind of wish maybe it did a few more things with the plot. But overall, like, it's still a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. I guess with that said, Tim, we'll uh, we'll rate Phantasm too. So mm-hmm. what, what are you giving it? <sighs> think, and I was kind of going between. What you know, I'm not going to do that. I'll. <laughs> Sometimes that's like a little unfair because it's almost like giving two scores. But um, I'll, I'm gonna give this a an eight. I think um, yeah, still really good. Uh, like you said, there are flaws. Um, but I know I like I, I always have a a blast, a big <laughs> four barrel blast, and every hmm. time I watch it, you know, brings a smile to my face. I do. I do have to admit, I, I'm going to be a little harsh here, but not not super. It's not that different from your score, but. Just in the sense that my score for this has went down, I think, on this viewing. Now, I still like mm-hmm. it a lot. I still, I still, what I love about it, I still love. But I think in this viewing, I maybe noticed the flaws a little bit more than I, I have done traditionally. I think in the past, I also gave it an 8, but I think I'm going to bump it down to a 7.5. Yeah, but I, I think that's still fair. Yeah. Um, I still like it a cause... lot. I still, I still like the movie a lot, but it just, its flaws are kind of hard to ignore watching it again, and I can kind of see where, okay, right, this is. We already fix things. Yeah, I think for me, this is a case of like on a technical level, it is probably more like a a seven or a seven point five. But on an enjoyment level, you know, it it bumps it up a few scores for me. Just uh, yeah, just because it's so much fun. I I can't and it it helps that all that like uh, I think it always helps too that when uh, the best stuff is towards the end as well because then once you're done watching it that's the yeah. stuff you remember more 
Yeah, you go away feeling good because you liked all the stuff that you just got. Yeah. Hey ho. So I guess uh, that wraps up another movie on streams after midnight. Uh, you can let us know what you think of Phantasm 2 in the comments below. You can like, subscribe, all that stuff. You can get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV. You get access to the crypt. Uh, which everyone can see, the public can see, there'll be a link to that in the description below if you want to see what the crypt is, the list is, which is a list of movies that people on Patreon have submitted to for us to do at some point and every so often we'll pick one and do it. We'll, we're doing one soon, I promise. Uh, it's on the to-do list to pick one from the crypt. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's 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 good fun. Uh, also you get to vote on a, an episode once per month as well, which is also where the crypt movies might end up. They might end up in the, in the voting for one month in the Patreon. But there you go. So... You can do that. Obviously, uh, there's an audio feed of the show as well if you want to check out that. Uh, also, be a link to that in the description. Mm. There we go. That's that's everything I need to plug. So, uh, thank you very much. I'm just like imagining you like spoon feeding someone the show. Like, like you just have like a little spoon with the audio feed on it, and just putting it in someone's mouth. Hey, no, I mean, like, honestly, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, if you if you're donating to us on Patreon, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you're already giving us more anyway. But if you're picking between the video and the audio feed, like YouTube, you know, gives you ads, which actually helps us more than the audio does. So, like, if if, if that means something, I mean, unless you have ad block turned on, in which case you're helping us in no way, shape, or form. So go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/MailFirstTV and give us some money there, <laughs> so you don't have to I feel mean, guilty. Yeah, luckily YouTube is very fair. Uh, when it comes to dealing with ads. They don't, no. <laughs> Almost all of our streams episodes are not suitable for most advertisers. You still get some ads, because I've still seen them pop up in some videos, but uh, the it's less than most videos. Uh, I, I don't know how it works, what the system is, but... To be um, fair, I don't think this show is suitable for anyone. <laughs> this show is suitable for everyone. <laughs> everyone. say so. <laughs> Except... Tim's wife to be because there's so much dirt on him from this show that he, <laughs> she can never watch this. Otherwise, like he'll be in so much trouble. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> Poor woman. That's all I can say. I I just don't want to expose her to I mean, you in any way. Whoa! I just I have to imagine like what 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 life decisions must you have made in your life to say yes to Tim? That's all. I I mean I just I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about it, Tim. Oh, please. I'm a catch and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Tim. You're cuddly. I know you're cuddly. All right, guys. That is Screams After Midnight. We will see you next time for more horror movies. We always appreciate you checking the show out. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.